Jared, I'd never, like, you have a quiet and Aussie accent. Like, I know we're all Aussie, but I never really realised until I listened to the podcast. I was like, Jared sounds really Australian. Shit. <laughs> Words out. <laughs> I'm not calling so, you a bogan. You're classy. You're, you're still all class. You are listening to the Second Unit Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the channel, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again. This is the Second Unit Podcast. And which episode are we in? This is episode... Episode 6. Episode 6. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And like last time, if you uh, had the pleasure of watching the last episode, like last time, we have invited one of our closest friends, uh, a really talented writer, director, producer, and an actor. Oh, my God. God, please put your hand together to welcome Cleo to the podcast. Thank you, Cleo. Thanks Hello. for joining us. You're too kind. You're too kind. That's the that's the least we could do for your time. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. My pleasure. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm still. I've got. I had Pfizer not long ago. I'm still kind of getting the the weird Pfizer vibes. But other than that, I'm good. I'm 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 on adrenaline now, so I'm good. It's it's curing the Pfizer. Is this jab one or jab two? Jab two. So I'm excited. I think the fact that I'm excited oh, that I'm vaccinated. I, I know. Absolutely scraped in for Freedom Day. That's great. Speaking of Freedom Day, which is coming um, soon. I mean, we can, we can talk about Freedom Day right away because Freedom Day is on the on the news. It's on like everybody's tongue. Um, I've like I was talking to my girlfriend today. We were thinking of going to a hike maybe to the Lane Cove National Park or Royal National Park or something like that. And honestly, it's not even like that big of a deal, but we still make it like a Freedom Day thing. Uh, but it's yeah. just the illusion of choice, the illusion that, oh, mm. you know what? If we wanted, we could just go to the city, maybe. Do you guys have any plans mm. for Freedom Day or after we get out of the lockdown? Just real quick. For anyone watching, we are recording on the Sunday before Freedom Day, so you're probably having and enjoying freedom right now as you're listening. <laughs> so I hope you're making the most of it, and I hope you're enjoying being out and about, and you've had a beer or a wine or however you choose to relax. But for us, we can only um, we can only fantasize still for another 24 hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know. I don't have too many plans because we're still... It's not like life stops as Freedom Day comes, you know. We still have work. We still have uni. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just keen to like be able to leave my 5k radius and like leave my house, like whatever mm. I do. I, yeah, don't really know. What about you guys? I've, I've got a, I've got a pub night planned. Absolutely. And this whole time That's I've true. been so keen to get sloshed and do things, but I had like two wines with my mum the other night and I think it's been long enough that I've lost my tolerance. Like we were watching oh, oh. like. Absolutely. We were watching Jeopardy and I was like, I'm I'm having trouble here. <laughs> I'm having trouble sitting still. Uh, I'm feeling dizzy. So I don't know. But I think most of all I'm I'm excited for the little things, like catching buses and trains and stuff like that. Like mm. you miss all of those like little routine mm. things. When mm-hmm. Trains maybe, buses. Uh buses not so much. I'm not a big bus definitely. fan. But yeah. I'll enjoy Fairy? the first bus. Right. The ferry. I, I mean, how often are you catching the ferry? I mean, once in a while on, on a Sunday. I was actually thinking about the uh, this one time we took the ferry because I live in Rhodes and we are like five minutes from the ferry, right? So we take yep. the ferry. The ferry takes ah, fuck it, 45 minutes to get to the city, but it's mm. worth it. You know, it takes you through Kissing Point and fucking Barangaroo and then goes to the other side of the, I don't know what's the other side. I think it's... Oh, I think it's kissing point. That's what it is. Breakfast point. And, you know, it all it goes to like different, different points. And then you get to the city. It's so, it's so much fun. It, you don't like, get seasick? I think for me, no, not at all. I think ferry for me is just like true sign of holiday. It's just a true feeling of like, I can just relax. There's nothing else to worry about. See, I get bad motion pretty... sickness. So, um, oh, I'm, I'm, that's a rip. I know I get motion sickness. Like if I'm sitting too far back on the bus. I can't like I can't talk to someone next to me in the car. I have to be looking out the window and straight. So ferries are, I, they're nice, but I, 
I'll, I'll be taking something beforehand. <laughs> what about you, Chom? <laughs> what about you, Chom? What about me? What? What are your plans? You got any plans? Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, I guess <laughs> my plans. I mean, to go watch a whole bunch of movies in the theater, obviously. Um, but I think my main plan is to go to the pub and watch the uh, the footy grand final, Panthers versus Rabbitohs. Oh no! Wait, that already happened. What, what was the score again? Are you gonna rewatch it? <laughs> okay? Did they replay this, this guy, bro? No, 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 no. So just to put this into context, um, sorry, I was meant to throw Cleo under the bus to begin with because she goes for the Rabbitohs. I do. But I'm just off this. I have uh... a very funny story because this shows how much. I am into fashion and stuff. I work at JB Hi-Fi. Nice. And I was on the counter and this lady walked up um, holding a handbag. And I was like, oh, do you go for the Rabbitohs? And she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, you got a Rabbitohs bag. And then I think she's like, no, it's Gucci. <laughs> like, oh. oh my God, this is the red and green. The red and green. Yeah, That's, oh, that is okay, bad. My... My equivalent experience of that was Felix at school had the Rabbitohs sticker on his water bottle and I was like up the bunnies, like trying to, this is the first time I ever spoke to him. I was trying to make conversation. I was like, yeah, I'm from South Sydney. And he was like, oh, what? I thought that was just a picture of a rabbit. And I was like, oh, (laughs) this is awkward. Not the cutest (laughs) sticker, but yeah. No, yes. I, I Do pubs replay grand finals? Is that a thing? No, no, no. It's it just like... <laughs> just for the gag. Is this Chom trying just real to, hard to, like to bring, bring Rabbitohs and... Yeah, he's just trying real hard. I wouldn't be surprised, though, to be honest, if they did replay it. I mean, it would uh, just 100%. be full like, I, of I guess, Panthers fans. I guess probably like yeah. a 3am somewhere. Like, if they have nothing else to play, might as well play the NRL finals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, but that's yeah. interesting um, how... You just thought that's Rabbitohs, but it's actually Gucci. And you have no idea what's oh, Gucci I made, is. I was made fun of for like the rest of the oh, day. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny, bro. But like, um, wouldn't it have the like G on it or something? I like, I, think, I like just like, G's I saw the strap and I, it was uh, like just red and blue. And I was like, that's, and I think it was really. because I feel like the, the bunnies were like playing that night as well. So I was like, oh, so it was in your head was, the whole time. She was like, I'll yeah. get my bag yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to walk around with the Raptors back. Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, that is hilarious. That is funny. Um, but now that now that we've got the, the quick warm-up out of the way, unless you've got anything else to add, let's just get into the meat and potato that we have planned for this podcast, which was uh, to talk about film and television and just in general um, our lives because no one else will listen to it, so why not? Let's just... I just do it for the podcast. <laughs> um, no, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, film and um, Cleo, you you've been you've been a producer, you've been a director and a writer. Um, talk us through about how did you get into this and uh, what you what do you do? Oh well, I mean, I always thought I was going to be an actor, and I don't know. I think I and I loved it in high school. Like I thought that was like awesome, and obviously, like in high school, it's all like musical theater and stuff like that. Um, but my parents are both actors and they were sort of, I think particularly my dad, Ooh. he was like, you, because sort of when I would fantasise about being an actor, I would fantasise about being these particular characters and in these particular stories that I had come up with. And um, my dad was like, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be in toothpaste ads and home and away if you become an actor. And so I, I was like, oh, well, like, he was like, be Spike Lee, put yourself in stuff. Doesn't matter if you're bad. You're the director. Um and I also really love writing. And I think that's, you know, acting is a similar sort of skill to writing. You're imagining things. So, yeah, kind of off of that, I got into, I assistant directed the school musical in year 11. And I guess, yeah, from there, Ooh, huge. from there, I got into directing and writing and stuff. But yeah. I'd, I'd imagine that must have been a big production to assistant direct. <laughs> yeah, it was The Secret Garden. Believe it or not, they have turned that into a musical. Um, and I was obsessed with the book as a kid. So it was, yeah, it was fun. Um, and I went to one of those schools that like to pretend that like the musicals were like Broadway, like we had playbills and everything. 
So yeah, it was it was fizzled plain pretend. This is the next shit, all right? Come on now, let's put our hearts into it. <laughs> no, 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 I I remember um, when I was back in India, um, you know, the the final and the the end of the year annual function used to be a big thing. You know, we would we would come up with new stories and new stuff to entertain these parents and the audience, whoever whoever was there. Yeah, it's so much fun. It's it's really fun industry to be a part of. Um, it's especially great when you have like one of those drama teachers that takes themselves like we like. She would like tell us like we had three nights of standing ovation, and we would pretend like that was such like we'd won a Tony Award, but it's like three nights of standing ovations from all our parents, cousins, and friends. Like obviously, <laughs> obviously they're gonna stand up when Timmy sings. Um, but yeah, it was always it was always fun. It was it yeah, definitely was like big fish in a small pond kind of vibes but yeah definitely that sort of romance and like even if it's your parents that feeling of like performing i think that's what got me into all of this huge so did you did you just come to after straight out of high school yeah i came straight out of high school i came i amazing yeah i submitted a story that i had prepared for an exam (laughs) um so yeah i was totally i very much had to come from sort of like writing English exams to like writing scripts and screenplays which I hadn't really done before um and yeah it was it was intimidating at first because a lot of people like have a lot more experience in film and afters and I think there's gen- like there are people that are already working in the industry so that was intimidating mm. but yeah it's definitely yeah it, I kind of enjoy being one of the younger ones in the year fast forward to um Girl Dog which is a production you did last semester where um, Jack was was sitting on it, and I was assisting Jack. Uh, talk us talk us through about that. What was that about? Yeah, so basically, in my year out of high school, came out of the perfect little bubble of an all girl school where everything's nice and soft and sweet. <laughs> we used to call each other bitches all the time. We always like mm. it would be a fun thing, it would be a jokey thing, but also it was your first port of call if you were in a fight with someone. I realized I was doing the same thing. And mm. when I heard it from the eye, oh, this is a different ring to it. And when I would try to explain it, they'd be like, but you would say it all the time. And I was kind of going, yeah, they're sort of like me. They don't, they don't mean to say it with maliciousness. They don't mean to kind of push this sort of toxic culture. It's just so ingrained in all our language. So I stopped saying it, went on a, went on a bitch fast. And it started to kind of bring on this whole new meaning for me. And I kind of realized that whenever I was annoyed, whenever I was annoyed with a guy, I would be like, I'm annoyed with him because of X, Y, Z, but he's still a nice guy. Whenever I was annoyed with a girl and talking to someone about it, it was so much easier to just say she's a bitch. Whereas when I took that, started making an effort to take it out of my vocabulary, I was like, wow, I've been using that word a lot. And I've been dismissing people just with that word. So that's what, that's sort of what, uh, spawned girl dog it's a documentary about the word bitch based off um, responses that I got from people in like my school community and different members of the crews like family and school community about what the word meant to them and how they use it and basically right. yeah trying to get people to rethink their language yeah yeah no I think the the cool aspect of that is just to think objectively rather than just putting this label on someone. I think I'm a big advocate of that as well. Like no matter where you are, I guess even in COVID, you know, it's been, it's been such a big whirlwind of, of, of an event for everyone. And so just to put people who are going out there to um, protest anti-mask rallies and like whatnot, it's easy to just say, oh, these are dumbass people. Like they don't understand anything. But then if you try to actually like break it down, look at it objectively, the place that they come from, you know, their income sources are completely, uh, you know, um, like cancelled. So I'm not supporting them, but it's like, it's always important, no matter which side of the argument you're on, to look at things objectively. I'm a big advocate of that. And nuance, like without, and I think that's what labels do, is it changes the way that you think. Like you shove someone under that label. And it's so interesting, like reading the responses that we got from the survey when we asked people what the word meant to them and how they use it. It's meant like we got such a plethora of different definitions like people saying oh it's a nasty person it's a bossy person oh it's someone who's scared of something like it, it one word so many definitions but even then people seem to have this sort of attitude i guess that like if 
if someone called someone a bitch to them, they knew exactly what they meant. Oh, yeah, I totally get, I've got her sorted now. She's a bitch. That's I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting how much complexity you deny people by just sort of like shoving them in that category. It's And it's an, also an interesting thing. Like, I think um, that's the thing as well. I think a lot of people sort of like, oh, this is a feminist thing. This is a... I think I also found it genuinely interesting to read about how we use language and how language like changes the way we see things and influences uh, the way we think. So yeah, it's it, it's a really interesting topic, even if you uh, take aside the sort of gender discrimination side of it. Mm-hmm, totally. Jared, have you had any opportunity working with Cleo ever in, in a class? Because I, I, no, I, I, I don't work together. Yeah, no, I don't actually don't think, Cleo, you and I have had a class. Well, not that I can recall. I don't think we have. Um, Jack and I, however, I it's hard to find a class <laughs> I haven't had with Jack. Oh, no, we're in like everything. We're like buddies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, so I think we did. Maybe we had one class. Now I'm thinking about it, like a seminar. We had or screen something. business together. Um, screen business. I remember yes, that. But that was the first time, like it took one and a half years before we had a class together. Mm. Uh, that's a funny thing with afters. You can go like, there's people I haven't had a class with in nearly two years of being there. Um, yeah, no, so I haven't, Kumar, no. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy how, like, afters... I mean, obviously, afters tries to, like, randomize people mm. um, and, and, you know, put them, put them in different classes so you get to meet new people. But I can imagine even that randomizer would have trouble. Well, they make it so them. random that they don't spread it out. Like, if it was random but with a bit of yeah. intention, then it would make sure yeah. that you get yeah. a range of people. But no. The random machine is like Jack Fairclough and Cleo Baldwin together again. <laughs> yeah, like that um, That happened with just the randomness. That happened with Apple. This is completely off topic, but with their shuffling of music, it right. was too random. Like people would listen to the same songs. So then Apple had to like turn it into an algorithm that right. would sort of learn from what to shuffle. Yeah. I always wonder that. Did, does you guys, a similar thing. did you guys ever have an iPod Nano? That yes. was like the old days. It was like this tiny little square. Oh, you could only good. shuffle on it. Me skipping until it would get to like a Natalie <laughs> Bassingthwaite song so I could get past all the black eyed peas. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, the time. Those are the days. Oh yeah. Wait, so uh, is, is everyone an Apple Music user here? Oh. Are we looking at Apple Music? Whoa, no. I am Spotify. Oh my God. I'm a Spotify supremacist. Divided. Spotify with nuclear. Oh my god! What? So we got we got Jack and me. We're we're a heavy Apple Apple Music user. We share our playlist and whatnot. And then we got Jared and Cleo coming from the Spotify. It's like Spotify cat team. and dog people. Spotify people are like cat people. They're like I I like my thing, but I also like yours. Jared's I don't like... mind it. Apple Music people, I feel like they will die on that hill every time. Like, how disgusting. The amount of people I've had complain to me about how, like, green and black don't go together. I don't care. Okay? Mm. It works well. I think it works fine. I think that, I think I could, <laughs> if I could um, give my subjective opinion there as well, I would, I would, um, I would describe all Apple people in general in that category, of which they will die on the hill of defending oh, Apple. Oh, wow. But, um, okay, this is why he's here. No. Bring out yeah, the I, Google I, book. I made to provide alternative perspectives. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 like it's, it's pretty straightforward. We've got Apple Music. Um, it's in it's in an Apple iPhone. I'll take it any day. I was thinking about uh, random classes and just like the the whole idea of afters and just trying to put these really talented kids together to to teach them something or maybe put them in an environment where they grow and learn something just brings this question over and over again can you actually teach filmmaking like you know how there's like this whole school of film school versus no film school camp Mm. what do you guys think well i mean it's like hard like where do you start then if you're not starting at like i think there's such an like every other job it's like yeah you get the degree whereas like Mm. film school i mean yeah it's sort of hard to like academify not that that's a word but we'll go with it I think it's sort of hard to do that with art but then at the same time it's like where do you start would that mean that the film industry would just be nepotism like how did like 
Right. How would you start without film school? Mm. So it sort of gives you a jumping off point mm. to begin. I find that from our, you know, two year now experience, probably of, of being at film school um, and having learnt what I have learnt from the school and outside of the school, I think I've learnt more outside of the school environment mm. than I have in. Um, but that's probably, that's just on a personal level, but also maybe on a, maybe that's on a, a technical level, like a technical way of thinking as well. Um, and cause you say like, you said, how do we academify art? I think it depends on what form of art as well. And what, like, so for me, for example, like learning, learning photography principles and that sort of thing. I think that is something that, yes, there's a level of subjectivity in the, in the eye of the beholder. But there is a lot of technical objectivity and things that can be learnt too. Um, whereas if you went for something like writing, maybe that is less of something that can be academically taught. Although it is taught through things like you know the, the, the structure and there's beats and you know other rules, I guess. But... That is the funny thing I've always found with like how they teach us writing is so like it's like a toolbox. It's like every story has five acts. At this mm. point in the story, you have the rising action, and then, the, and it just feels like it feels restrictive. It feels like yeah, if you have to write something for an assignment, follow that structure, tick those boxes. But then you know, when we're watching things to analyze them, they play with that form and they go beyond that, and it feels like yeah, we're very like they try too hard to make it this like checklist mathematical thing when really it's sort of it's hard like how do you mm. teach someone to be creative mm. but mm. I also think like camera and sound um whole like you learn through doing with those things you learn through like repeating the process experience is the best teacher yes. yeah absolutely so, mm. and the more time you spend in a classroom and not especially when you're not under pressure you're not like oh I have to do this to make this film or I have to do this to like you know succeed at this job it takes away that like repetition thing mm. so yeah i just want to come back to what jared was saying how he's probably learned a bit more technical stuff outside of school my whole view on school and university and like this this institution i institutions um is that i i look at them as a form of community like when I, when I was joining Afters as well, I wasn't joining Afters for the tools or the gear or the studios. I was joining Afters because I knew mm. this is the place where cool people, like really talented people are going to be. So I want to be at, at, at the same place with them. I wanted to join for the people, not for the other things. But having said that, it's it's like a tight... It's it's such a struggle to justify paying this amount of fee mm. for for only the community for only the people, um, because we look forward to getting value out of the school in form of the gear that we are given access to use the the studios that we can exploit the school with like you know we we spend a few days in there we we come up with like you know these cool shit. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't hold it up against afters because my expectation wasn't that anyways. But mm. I know like some people definitely came in for it. So you reckon you would say you like don't really get much out of class? I would say, I would say the class aspect of it is, has been, has been a, a really, I don't know. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a hit or miss for me, really. Sometimes mm. I get a lot out of, it, out of it. Sometimes I go, um, like you know, go the whole day without learning anything. And then, I, th I think Jack and I, we had quite a lot of discussions around it because Jack has really raised a really cool point about like, I want to go back to, home, like, I want to go back, I want to get out of the class and think, oh my god, I don't know anything about this. I want to go home and do more research. Mm. I want to learn more. I want to find out more resources. Mm. to solve these ideas that you've given me yeah i think that's that's something that like we fall into a trap at this school it's like everyone expects that we're gonna learn filmmaking um but mm. like i think it, yeah another guy i know yeah alex gave a like a really good point on that he's like 
you know, he studied to be a criminal lawyer for like 10 years or something um, before coming here. And he was going, yeah, at, you know, at law school, you would learn something, but you're not, you would not completely understand it. You would like, it, it would blow your mind and you would be expected to go home and research and study. Mm. But I think, I don't know, that's a little bit, that's a little bit missed at afters. Like, I think people expect to learn everything. But then, yeah, like what can happen in class is they try to do it so you'll learn what they want you to in that day and mm. not need to have gone home and then look into it more. But I want that. I want to I want to sit in class and go, this is blowing my mind. But because I, I, I love it. Because I appreciate class, it so much. Because I mm. love it so much. I want to go back home and do my own work. On yes, it. exactly. Well, I think that's sort of one of the kind of fundamental problems with having an art school is that generally the kids that want to get into art, they want to get into film or whatever, they're the kids that hate school. They hate the structure. They hate the way everything is turned into assignments and marks and ranking and essays. And they express themselves in different ways. So when you take that thing that they express themselves with and that medium and you try to force it into an assignment structure, especially like with the way that artists do it, their sort of ethos, particularly in the sort of bachelor degree is, you know, multi-skilled generalist. So you're mm. doing all of these different things without, um, you know, across different disciplines from sound to film, um, whatever it is. And it feels like high school again because it's being split into these separate subjects. You have assignments, you have due dates, you have to write reflections. It takes away that expression out of it. And I agree, Jack, it takes away the like, when you feel like you're learning something in that really sort of like classroom, doing it because you have to meet the deadline style, it takes away that like, I want to go home and experiment and I want to push myself. It, mm. yeah, takes away a lot of the, I think, freedom from it. Yeah, it's like, you know, just learn, learn what I need to do to get this assignment in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Having and said that, though, like, unfortunately, like, this is something Jared and I have discussed, like, Unfortunately, we don't have a solution for this. Like we we do criticize afters, we do criticize the way things are run, but um, you know, accepted or not, they are they're doing they're going above and beyond to, mm. to make sure our experience is pretty epic. And I don't know any any better, uh, but <laughs> but you know how how you do you 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 find a couple of things which you don't like and then you talk about it so that's that well i mean kuma you i think you're one of the people that's gotten the most out of it because you jump onto so many productions and you branch out so much and it sort of feels like yeah. yes in terms of the classroom work maybe that's not as ideal as it could be maybe it's hard to put it in that format anyway but i feel like sort of like the secret key like the kind of you know dragon scroll the, the and real essence yeah, yeah. <laughs> is to take your own initiative and exactly book equipment, get a crew together, write your own thing, not wait for teachers to hand it to you. And I think that in a way, because they don't spoon feed us that stuff, we learn it more and we're forced to do it more and go out on a limb more, um, message people if they want to be hundred percent. And and that puts yeah, 100%. You, it makes it, it makes it harder, makes it riskier, makes you feel like you're sometimes going it alone a little bit more but i think that teaches you more when you have to take mm -hmm. your own initiative so maybe that's the secret maybe for sure i think i think for anyone listening or for anyone um watching if you are thinking of going to a film school or like coming to afters i'd probably say go to afters to to you know uh not because it's a film school or not because you will come out thinking you can go on a set and like do it you go to afters because you meet people where you can go and make cool ideas with them. Okay, you go to after so you can you can talk to them after school finishes that hey, you know, this is something I'm working on. How about we spend the weekend to to create this? You go to afters to maybe go talk to people like Simeon, oh, our, our tutor. Like we can't stop talking about him. Like he, you know, he inspires us, he he encourages us and most of the things that we have learned it's you know, it's it's come mm. out of him. So, you go so, for a community. You go you go for a community, and you go to sort of in a way have competition. And I think that's probably something that we could have a little bit more. Like I think mm. art schools at their best are when they push you and when they like make you put your head down 
and kind of work as though you're in the industry, which can very easily turn into, oh, I'm just doing this to get the assignment done. But I think like the sort of philosophy of somewhere like NIDA, they're like very much Phoenix rise from the ashes. And that can be taken too far. And I think, yeah, Alphas is really good at um, including people and helping people along. But I think there are times where, yeah, you want more of a competitive environment. And I think that's when film school works best is when you feel like if I don't do well, there's someone else to take my spot. And if I don't do well, like everything's at stake, but like kind of mm. pushing yourself, which, yeah, I think that's, that's when art school works when you have community and when you have competition. I think the things that work for afters in, in, in my opinion are um, the productions that we do. We need to do more mm. of them. We need to, we need to encourage people to make something every week. I don't know. Right, like after mm. after the class, um, push people to to come up with ideas, make like these forty eight hour film challenges or or stuff like that, where where you are being pushed to the to the brink of it, where you become so like where you come close to the other creators because mm. you've gone through the same stuff. By the time you finish, uh, uh, by, by the time you finish film school, you are so tight because mm. you know you've done things together. Like was that mm. was something that um. It was like in the Team Deacons podcast. I think like Roger Deacons was saying the film school that he went to, um, like, you know, he might have ended up making like 23, like, wow. you know, short films in the two years or whatever he was there because they were just constantly making things. And that's, yeah, I wish we got more of that. Like Kumar says, it's like the way the school works is, you know, we want, we learn stuff for a whole term and then we have our end of year production, which brings everything in that we've learned. Mm. But I'd, I'd love to do one every week. Like just you know, it doesn't have to be a, a short. It doesn't film, have to be a... the next Oscar-winning short exactly. film. Just yeah. get a camera, go out there, get some sound gear, and just. And it doesn't have to be feature length. Like you can mm. make what's oh, the yeah. best. What make the best thirty seconds you can? Because I think like they have that attitude of like, oh, we don't do that because we want you to work really hard, and it's better to make one thing that's really quality as opposed to three things that are okay. But like when you're given a semester to work on something, like I don't know about you, Jack, but I thought with Girl Dogs, like. I did most of the work in the last three the months. Last of that six months. Days. <laughs> yeah, and the last five days. Yeah, pretty much exactly. the last five days. And you know why? It's because you're like, I've got to do it now. Like, just mm -hmm. have the pressure. And I think that you know, pressure makes diamonds. I think when you mull over something too much, you also do run the risk of, like, overworking it or worse, like, losing motivation. It. Yeah. Mm, totally. Totally. Jared, where do you stand? You've been you've been awfully quiet in this whole conversation. <laughs> where do you stand in this in this in this argument? Hasn't had his coffee. <laughs> I had it too early, so I think I'm on the down. No, I was just listening and hearing your thoughts. Um, but on film school versus no film school, afters aside, I guess like, oh, maybe not afters aside. Maybe with that that in mind, I think we spoke earlier about um, a lot of it is self motivation and. There was a word that was used that was really good. Um, starts with I, maybe your own, but but, but doing it yourself, having your own um, motivation, your own whatever to go and Put do your own initiative, and then do your yeah, initiative. initiative. Bingo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that was the one. Um, having your own initiative to go and do these things, you know, and and after being a community and meeting people, and that's the best thing you can get out of it. Hmm. And that's all true, but hmm. to me, like. To say that that's the to say that you have to go to film school, you have to go to afters to get that. Like, no, you should have initiative regardless of whether you're there or not. You know, and like, I think it's just a lot. Like, I'm thinking maybe more on like uh, objective side now, but it's a lot of money to pay to have some conversations with people and to and to and to and to not get taught enough to then have to have your own initiative to learn stuff outside of the school. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's this weird. Mm. Well, that, that's why I'm saying a little bit. It's a weird way of thinking. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with any of that. Hmm. But I just feel like... I, I, I wish for myself, maybe, that I had the initiative and I had th I had the motivation and the to, to go and seek these connections out, you know, myself or, mm. or find other ways and, and do my things independently without having to kind of have the, have the motivation due to, like my expectations or my presumptions being not met. Right. Um, I think part of yeah. it as well also is like, get the degree to please the family. Like, <laughs> you know, you say you want to do film and it's like, Oh, whoa, 
how what are you gonna be the next Kate Blanchett I and then you like when you say well I'm studying like I'm getting a bachelor's degree then like your grandma's like okay good then sort of like legitimizes your attempt Mm. yeah yeah totally totally what about my question to you guys because you three have always seemed to me really confident camera people Maybe that's just a maybe that's just a facade. If so, you're doing it very well. <laughs> but do you guys ever get that like film school imposter syndrome? Like I shouldn't oh. be here. I'm not good enough. I live oh by that God. every <laughs> day. Yeah, yeah. Jared, maybe move your mic a little bit closer. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Yep. But every day, Cleo. Yeah. No, Jared, go for it. No, no. That that's just um, yeah. I I agree. I I feel like that all the time and um. Because I think it's sort of something that we started to talk about before, particularly with afters, is that it's a selective process to be accepted. And there's limited numbers of of applicants who can come through and enroll every year, like maybe 100, right, or or 80 or something. And so you feel, and and it's talked about being a very special privilege to have, to -hmm. be accepted into the school, and you wear it as a badge of honor, and everyone says it's your golden ticket or it's your Hogwarts letter. Um, as Robbie Miles will famously oh say. Um, Hogwarts with fluorescent lighting. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yes. Um, but oh, I've lost my train of thought a little bit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I feel that. I don't know if I feel like I've earned that or that I am at Hogwarts or that, I, that, I, that I've earned that because, yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's a rite of passage, I guess, that we're still on. And yeah. so, yeah, I definitely feel like an imposter there. And, and then you also look at, you know, the fabulous cohort that you have and your tutors and people in other years. And as you say, Cleo, the people who have, you know, more experience than you. And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty natural to like, you know, even though it can be destructive, it's fairly natural to compare yourself to other people. And in that comparison, you go, well, shit, I haven't shot X amount of commercials or I haven't mm. done a feature yet, but, but these mm. people have and and they're here in the same position that I'm at. Why am I here? Yeah, what have um, I done to to be here? Yeah. Yeah. So Where maybe that's a little bit of the, the feeling state. Yeah. There. Yeah. The plethora of work that these people have done. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, but this is uh, Jack, Jack. Tell us about the the fact that you think that you're not a cinematographer. Oh, tell us about that. Yeah. So that's bull. No, but like pretty. It's it's exactly when you said that question, I started thinking about this. So, like Kumar and I, and I think Jared's gonna um, get around to it. It's, just, it's a very expensive book, but it's a book all on um, cinematography, and it's like it goes there. It is by like Brian, someone Blaine Brown. Blaine Brown. It's probably a mirror for you guys, but it it says cinematography theory and practice for cinematographers and directors. Mm. Third edition, Blaine Brown. Yeah, and it's like the the more I read it, the the more I go, wow, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, Full of pictures. Well, it's not doing a very good job of teaching you. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, no, no, no. In like a good way. It's like, you yeah, know, right. a cinematographer needs to think about this, 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 mm. this, 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 this. And I'm like, wow, I've never thought about any of that. Um, mm. But it's, it, yeah, but like in a good way of not, you know, like once again, can you really teach cinematography? Mm. Um, but it just, it sort of breaks down what happens in the pipeline. Um, but yeah, like exactly what, jared is saying you know yeah you have other people who have done stuff outside or you know they're much older than you already working Mm. sort of um yeah and and just off the self-motivation like you know just like you claire i went straight from high school to afters so it's like we've had 13 years of this like institution Mm. you know that's what's motivating you to do something so what's that going to feel like when we leave when it's it's just us and you know yeah, a bachelor oh my degree God. so that that's the that's the challenge well you hide it very well cuz i have my experience working with you jack is like you're the like you're very reliable like the amount of times on girl dog i was like make it red and like mm, scary <laughs> and you would just know what to do and i think you need people like that because yeah no i definitely think you you're pulling off that not having imposter syndrome very well because I I wouldn't know. You seem make it till you make it. I was gonna say Jared, like he I, I, I guess in this industry you, you ought to have that attitude in you in order to actually move forward. Because mm. 
bro, you, you get to a master's film set and they've got a crane going on and they've got these amazing $10,000 lights that I've never seen. That's and so they intimidating. Ask you, yeah, and they ask you, can you pull focus on, 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 my, on my Ari camera? <laughs> and I have to go, yeah, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> you just have to fake it. You just have to say, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, it's fine. I've done uh, it before on an FS5. I can do it on this Ari camera as well. <laughs> I can hardly okay, focus I, my I, eyes. I have, I have astigmatism. I have a question going back onto Cleo now. So you've asked, yeah, about, I guess, cinematography. One thing that I, like, any time we talk with actors, it's like because I've heard so many things that were, like, not meant to say, you know, and then mm. I, I just can't think of a way to explain something. So what's, like, what what was that like on um, Girl Dog for you? Like, having to talk Girl to Dog? Actors? That was tricky because, and you know why? Because about a week earlier, I'd gotten a job as a runner on this rugby ad. And like, it was with a bunch of (laughs) rugby players. Bunch of rugby players, you know, got the best, their their skills are with the ball, not with the the microphone, not with the stage or the speaking. And everything that we had been taught about like, like results oriented directing was just thrown out of the window. Like, literally, the director is standing next to the camera and saying the line, and the player says it back. Oh, how they said it. Like, they didn't even bother doing, like, say it with a bit more excitement or, like, even exaggerate that word. It was literally, like, this week on Sport Channel, whatever, and they would repeat it back (laughs) to them. And Girl Dog, because it was a lot of actors saying, like, short lines to camera, and you're trying to be the good student and go do it as though you're sitting on the toilet, and you just end up going. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to tell you how I want you to say it. So it's tricky. It's tricky. But I mean, I think I like when it wasn't like when people weren't saying lines the way I said it. I think you kind of have to force yourself, or the way I wanted it to be said. I think you have to force yourself to sort of open up a little bit more and go, well, this is the actor contributing, like in the same way that like you jack on camera and the way you film things and the way you color grade is your creative layering and your contribution. Like the way they're saying that line and the way that they're reading that, that's them. And that's another person adding another layer of meaning. So you kind of have to, I think, let go a little bit. But yeah, there were times on Girl Dog where I was kind of like, okay, repeat after me. (laughs) But Mm. I, I refrained. Yeah. Well, and especially like as the director, you know, you're, you're always expected to have answers for like everything. Yeah. And then, Mm. yeah, not, not being able to, I guess, vocalize something that can be very challenging. So I think, yeah, you did a a very good job on that. Not absolutely reading lines because that, you know, that's the easiest way to do it, but Mm. yeah, you you found a, found a way around it. It was tricky as well because the whole thing, it's, it's rhyming. So like, you know, it's cutting in between people saying lines. It's, and it's all like a poem and it rhymes. Sometimes I would be like, oh my God, I would be freaking out on set going, what if we put this all together and it doesn't rhyme and it's just a speech. But it, I mean, again, that's where like the editor, as you were saying before, Jared, totally underrated because yeah, the, <laughs> the timing and like pulling it all together. Oh my God. Mm. Shout out to Jackson Phillips. Love you, man. Jay Phillips. <laughs> Jay Phillips. Jill. Let's go. JP. <laughs> I was just listening to you guys talking. That was it was fun. It was fun to you continue from after mentioning Jackson without Jackson. Like, I know Jackson Phillips. Mic drop. That's all. <laughs> Mic drop. I, I've been, no, I've, been I've, speaking I've to him a bunch about um call. Yeah, how's oh, that? Oh yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So I guess for people who don't know, that's just I guess our next project, which we are all working on. Funnily enough, I think Cleo is producing, and then. Jared and Kumar as gaffer slash like ACs and I'll be shooting that. Yeah, we've just been talking about it, trying to, you know, get excited, stay excited. Um Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for mm. this this one because it's it's gonna be a good crew and uh, I guess, you know, sort of coming away from what we've been doing this year, which was like documentary mm. then episodic, it's sort of going back to the short yeah, film, yeah. Yeah, narrative drama. Yeah. I'm with producing when it's not at afters because like 
when when you're a producer on like a school project it's like here are the t- documents you need to prepare you need to get people to sign mm. this and you need to prepare this this is like a side thing you know and sometimes I feel this is where I really get imposter syndrome is I'm like if someone that didn't do film asked me what a producer is I would, I'm not sure what I would say mm. <laughs> like I find that producer as a role is one of the hardest hardest roles to define mm. um even I think the school struggled to define it, like yeah, totally. The two years, like yeah, it's tough. Because you're going, do I help them creatively, or am I just taking care of making sure everyone's safe and getting everyone to sign the agreements, and then organizing the coffee, like, or am I like the script editor? It's so it's a tricky thing. Mm. Um, for but sure. yeah, I'm definitely keen for a. It's mm. the best part about it not being connected to school is you can shoot for as long as you want. And you don't have to do that, like, oh, my God, we got 10 minutes. And, like, oh, my God, someone's coming to, like, watch us talk to each other. That's the weirdest part of film assessments is having a teacher sit and judge, like, how – and you're going, oh, my God, this is going to be the moment. This is going to be the moment I forget everything. Rough timing with the shoot as long as you want with that that new – what is that thing that's happening in America with the striking <laughs> – <laughs> about people shooting <laughs> lunch breaks, sixteen-hour days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can shoot for as long as we want. <laughs> that's, that's the producer's mentality, right there. Just make it work for your money. Uh, and the, the, yeah, the problem with producing, like you know, going clear, you're the producer. Is mm. on a normal movie, there's like sixteen producers, so mm. it's like there's so many little jobs. There's so much, so yeah, so much work it's, to do. Yeah, it's a big role. This morning, though, and mind you, okay, don't I agree with Jared? It's a difficult and an important role. But sometimes in the industry, the people they credit as producers, you're like, or associate producers or co-producers. My brother and I, for the shoots and gigs, watch the Demelio show, the first episode this morning. Come end credits, they have the list of executive producers, and it's the entire Demelio family, Charlie and yeah. Dixie included. And you're going... I feel like it's, yeah. I feel like it's if you throw money at it, you're a producer. Like, it's so oh, EP definitely. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like that's the minimum. Your minimum you have to do. Yeah. Like, or not you the minimum. That's the right thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but funny enough, you know how Michael. I don't know if if any of you were in the class, but Michael Phillips last year in Image, he he gave us a really pro tip in like you know a pro film oh, trip. Yes. He said, he said in, in Hollywood or Bollywood or like any 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 film um, industry, if people come up to you, they ask for your help and, uh, you know, they ask for you to do some work for them. And then they put too much importance in you. And then they, they tell you, you know what, you've done so much work for me. I'll give you the associate producer role. You're going to be one of the producers. And, and he said, as soon as you hear associate producer just look the other way and start running as quick as you can. He said, the associate producer role is the most bullshit role in the industry. That's that's when they ask you to do anything because they can ask you to do as much as work as they, as, as they want um, and just, you know. Or you're like you- Johnny Depp and they're like, we'll give Johnny Depp a producer credit even though he was the actor in the thing. It's, mm. yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's, that's probably because of the money. It's like money a gift. Yeah, it's like I think the I, I just want to go back to the thing that you said, um, Cleo, doing productions outside of afters, um, because I, I we did one as well, um, Jared, Jack, and me, we we made a short film, and for that we had a fairly small crew, and mm. I was doing most of the stuff, just like doing producing and like ading and like all the all the logistical roles. It got quite taxing mm. personally while directing and talking to the actors as well. So um, that's when I, um, you know, I, re- it, I really had so much appreciation for the AD on set, mm. just to not worry about safety, just to not worry about where people are at at a particular time. If there is a fire, fire alarm, I'm not the one who's going to be worried about it because I'm caring for the actors if I'm the director or if I'm the cine, I, I can look after the camera crew. I'm looking at the camera. <laughs> take the camera and run <laughs> it's no it's it's just insane like we had we had these moments where we we're like running out of batteries and we don't have enough time to shoot and like all of this thing like you know all of, everything crumbling down and and 
you are at the center of this. You're the director, producer, and the AD.、Mm. You have to make the decision: how much time do I have, and do I take another take? And if and it was a bloody one, or it was like five minutes, just just a five minute take. So so it was no no. I think、mm. productions outside of Afters give us insights and way more experience than what. <laughs> Totally, know, but you know what I always find with the being an AD, your feet hurt at the end of the day. It's stressful. I hate using Excel, but there is something sort of comforting in a way that's like, maybe this sounds mean, but when you're like on set and you're like, I don't have any creative responsibilities. Like that, <laughs> that take was bad, but that's not my job. I'll just, <laughs> just let it be. <laughs> and when. And when it's when it's call time, when it's wrap up, you're like, "Cool, I don't have to edit anything. I don't have to care about. I just watch it in a couple weeks when it's finished, and I'll be happy camper, no matter what. And I will know that I, I looked after everyone, not stepping on cords and wearing masks, and it was all it was a good and happy day. And now COVID, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I know, yeah. No one died. My job is done. <laughs> Quite literally,、well, yeah. <laughs> on that on that note, that everyone's still alive and we still have the opportunity to go and do the next production, Jared, would you be kind enough to wrap this up for us if you are still alive? Absolutely. <laughs> Somehow, we're still here. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching, everyone, and thank you, Cleo, for joining us this week. It was really good to have you.、Um, I think we all enjoyed、good、kind of、here. talking about. Yeah, I think we really enjoyed the discussion on film school and no film school because obviously we're all impacted by it, and、um, most of our listeners are too. So yeah, thanks for taking the few hours out of your day to join us. And do you have any other thoughts or things you want to talk about before we go? Oh, I don't know. Enjoy freedom, everybody.、Okay. Go hard and soak in every minute on the train. <laughs>、mm. Appreciate trains again. That's the key takeaway you want to give. Appreciate trains matter. Wear your best <laughs> shirt. Oh, miss your stop on purpose. Ride it longer. Yeah. yeah. Relatable. Yeah, epic. epic.、Um, beautiful. Well, this has been episode six of the Second Unit podcast. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Like, see you later. Subscribe. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening.